Hello, this is Grace Hayes, and you're listening to Up in the Mix. Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix, coming to you hot from various locations. This is Sean, aka The Truth, aka The Super Nicest, aka The Narmister R, aka Not the Black Dude You Thought I Was. This is Caesar, aka De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Culo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local, also that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. El hombre de la gente. How the gente. fuck did he get here? El hombre de la gente, the habitual line crosser, the honey badger, the fucking baby whisperer, and tracksuit poppy. <laughs> and uh, how is tracksuit poppy this fine Saturday? Uh, good. I got out of the house today. Like uh, like usual, like I said, it feels like I'm uh, you know, a prisoner of my own home um, during the week because I work from home and been clocking in them overtime hours. Because, you know, uh, trying to save up to get that casa for the familia and stuff. So, you know, just but I did, you know, salute to Jarek, LaDontre and Anthony and my brother. We got to hang out a little bit today at Masterpiece Studio. And it's good to have a conversation with other adults other than your significant other and your child. (laughs) (laughs) And we talked about music, you know, Um, Jarek putting out his own written music and things like that on the internet. So like, listen for his stuff on the R and B side. Uh, LaDontre got some songs out. So listen for him and his local talent. And like, yeah, we just talked and talked about music, talked about new stuff that came out and it's just good to hang out with boys that, you know, you really don't see in a while because of everything that's going on. Cause everyone's trying to be safe or at least, I feel our friends are not the rest of America, but you know, like te- yeah. like Texas and Florida. I'm putting you guys on blast for reals. Mm-hmm. How was how was your week, Sean? Uh, it was fine. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, just finishing up, trying to get to Christmas break. Uh, we don't have that many more. We don't have that many kids in person anymore. Most mm-hmm. of them are online. This was my intern's last week, and he ended up having to work from home because he was exposed. Um, we had another, yesterday as I was leaving, found out another one of my coworkers had tested positive for COVID, but she's been out all week. So, uh, and I had, like didn't, so I, I don't think we're gonna close because she didn't have contact with anyone. But uh, yeah, just uh, trying to get by, like that like that Quali song, <laughs> Yeah, just to get by. That's my life right now. You know, it has been for the for the past eight months, seven months. And it, yeah, and it will continue this foreseeable future. Um, did some yard work today. This morning it was nice outside. Borrowed a leaf blower from my parents. Uh, went and did some vacuuming of leaves to get some nice pulp for the compost. Turned those over, and uh, cl- and I cleaned around the house. Samantha's been teaching a class, so I didn't have 
much to do all day. So <laughs> played, played some video games, made some uh, bets with Mike. We're going to watch the UNR game later and get out of Zoom and get lost in the sauce and yell at the TV over at, at each other over Zoom. So What, what time is the uh, game you know, at? Uh, it was supposed to be at 7.30. I think it's at 6 now. They changed it due to something. I don't know. Maybe throw me on that thing. I'm trying to – I'm already starting my loss on the sauce, you know. Yeah, okay. uh, I invited Hip Hop Johnny too. So we get, you know, we'll get our usual crew on, and you, you guys can learn about our sports betting. And and uh, uh, salutes to my grandpa. <laughs> he Y'all are following his bets this week, so – uh, we're all excited about that. Uh, we convinced a big, big money, big money. <laughs> <laughs> salute to gra- salute to grandpa. Keep keeping uh, keeping his hobbies alive. <laughs> even so, this week, even my my uh, aunt got involved. Really? She, she, yeah. So it's a you know it's a it's a family family thing. It's a, it's a Richardson affair. Although they they rely on the Raiders too much, being Raider fans, but whatever. <sighs> Raiders always look good on paper, but in real life, it's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> Cause my brother, my brother, my brother's a fan. That's why I have a little Raider guy right there. My brother's a fan. Dad's a fan. Yeah. Uh, most of my dad's families are Raider fans. Mm-hmm. Obviously Kevin, Brian, the hip hop, Johnny, the Will Fonz. Yeah. They're all Raider fans. Salutes to them. Every, every Sunday I'm on a group chat with them while they talk shit about the Raiders. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah, it's kind of easy. It's like playing soft, uh, not not softball, but t-ball. <laughs> well, like, I'm like the one that's like, "Hey guys, like I'm the positive one because I'm not a Raider fan." <laughs> they are pretty negative. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we have a guest this week. We're not just here to talk shit, bullshit about nothing the whole time. <laughs> uh, she is an educator. She is a musician. She's an activist and all about person around town trying to make Reno better. Please welcome to the show, Lily Moran. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks, yeah. for, thanks Lily, for coming do you on. Do you want to share with the with the uh, audience or, or explain? Oh, my name. <laughs> AKA is your name? Anything like that? My AKA is so in ancient Sumerian, Lilith was a goddess of darkness and a mother of the demons. And biblically, the uh, first bisexual and person who seduced um, Adam and Eve. Um, and some texts, she's like the serpent. Either way, like my mom, obviously, <laughs> she just knew we weren't going to get along from the get. And <laughs> I'm starting to grow into the name mm-hmm. now that I'm 33. So mother of demons it is. <laughs> no, like we were like we were saying before we started if i have another girl lilith lilith lopez sounds pretty mother of you demons. and these alliterations I, I don't i don't not like them they're great <laughs> yes i've only met one other lilith ever um but like on facebook and stuff i'm lily because lilith was just like a lot for me like when i was in my 20s it's like that's a really heavy name like i don't once i found out all those lily is more how yeah, Lilith sounds like a Lilith sounds like an elf in a fantasy novel. Yeah, it's like a storm fairy or something. <laughs> she's the she's the dark elf witch in in, yeah. in a fantasy novel. It's like using it's, uh, tempting the getting into my crone years. 
I can embrace <laughs> that bark crone witch. <laughs> no, I'm I'm feeling them though. Well, uh, yeah. Welcome to the show. We're glad you could join us. Um, to start off, every week we kind of ask a simple question, and uh, the question this week is: What are you guys? What's your guys' favorite thing about Christmas season? I usually like the feeling of community. So like, you know how people like walk around and go see Christmas lights and things like that. Like, even though we don't put Christmas lights up, but it's good to see uh, when people do it and you like talk to them and it's like a good community holiday instead of like Turkey day is just family. Um, Christmas. I feel the holiday season is after Turkey day is more community based. Okay. I'm really like not a Christmas person. Mother of demons, no Christmas. Yeah, guys. See, um, <laughs> Krampus only. So I mean, yeah, I would say normally it would be seeing people. We usually travel. We always go to LA and see family um, over Christmas or New York to see my brother. Or he comes here, and I don't remember the last time I didn't do that. So, who knows what I like this time? <laughs> um, but you know, try to maybe get on some zooms with people. The community aspect would definitely be the best for me too. But the songs, man. I don't feel the songs either. But um... it sucks too. Like I feel like jazz. Jazz musicians get transformed into Christmas music musicians. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, you're like expected to be at King Cole's Christmas right. song. You're like, um, excuse me, can you sing all Christmas songs for three hours? You're like, no. <laughs> no. You know, I'm terrible. I have like a like a seventy song Christmas playlist on Spotify because, of course, and like usually under normal circumstances, the day, Monday we come back from Thanksgiving break. Like I just play like every morning I have that going in my classroom when the students come in and everything just, I mean, I'm not, I don't think people would describe me as being super Christmasy, but I do fucks with a good Christmas playlist. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I like the nightmare before Christmas. That's like the best. It is pretty good. The best. Mm -hmm. I love the music is great. Yeah. I think uh, besides family, like I think people like community around Christmas because people are actually for once in a good mood. Who, People who don't normally go out in public or who are usually just shitty people in public are actually in like a more nice general mood. So like us who are out and about a lot run into more friendly faces than we normally would. Um, people yeah, get to baking. time of year for people, but... I think, you know, for once, I mean, as Americans, we're just kind of nice to each other instead of the selfish fucking assholes <laughs> that we're like indoctrinated to be all the time. So. Yeah, it's the only time. It's it's just it's just weird because like I also feel because like how America's built on suburbs and stuff like that, like we're slowly or not slowly. We've been pushed away from this community feeling of like being in your town and doing good things and christmas is the only time yeah. where america is just like all right i guess help help your fellow man for less than 30 days and you'll be okay in whatever eyes you follow right <laughs> well meanwhile some of us live like that all the time exactly <laughs> 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 decency as a treat in december yeah 
because like like i always tell people like you respect a person because they're people in general you know like even if it's a person against your own views and stuff like i'll still respect them all day but you know like for the other side they don't do that to me <laughs> so and i don't really like the gift like i have it for a long time basically since i've been like a teenager really cared about the gift part of Christmas. Like we, at, like once we were all adults, we, we stopped kind of with the gift thing in my family. And it's like, if I had my way, which I never will, obviously <laughs> I would, there would be no gift exchanges. You know, like I wouldn't be exchanging gifts with any, like, it's just not, I I don't know. It's not, I don't, I, I like giving a gift, like for someone's birthday or something mm -hmm. or something personal, but buying gifts out of obligation at Christmas time is just unnecessarily stressful. And I'm just not as rich. I'm not wealthy enough to give like the people the gifts I want to give. Yeah. That I feel like would be so, you know? So the gift giving process is tough because you have to like know that person, know what they like and what they don't like. Like for my mom, she's not good at it. It's like I, I always know I'm going to get like a work shirt, pants, and socks, you know? And but this year for my birthday, my brother, you know, salute to my brother. He got everyone's money together and got me one of those dope, big ass Marshall speakers, you know, because he knows I like nice. I, I love music and I pay attention to like what I use for music and things like that. So he's just like, give me money, guys, because it's kind of expensive. And I got Caesar the greatest gift, you know. So for my birthday, he like got everyone together and got me like a dope gift, which is tight. You have to like gift giving. You got to think about the person, not just give them like whatever, you know? I have to give a shout out to my parents because like lately they usually, so they get me, my brothers and sister, my sisters-in-laws all, they just give us all the same thing usually every year or something similar. And like, it's usually like a nice electronic thing. And they have been on point, like for like five years running. Like one year it was like a super nice portable adapter, like charger that I still have, even though it was like seven years ago. One year they gave us all like super nice, uh, like portable, that Bluetooth Bose speaker I have. Like yeah. mm -hmm. that one year it was like um, wireless Bluetooth headphones. Like it's always like su something super useful. And, you know, like for being as old as they are, they get like good technological gifts for us, all of us young millennials that they have running around. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny too, because like my mom got me like, a puma track jacket and like a puma track jacket is dope but i don't have any puma shoes to wear it with so like how's the fit gonna come out into the streets in real life you know not ready but now it gives me a chance to buy some puma shoes now so you know yeah. i like you know what i don't feel like puma's big enough in the shoe game to, to where do we get enough. pumas now yeah <laughs> <laughs> correct question <laughs> But, like, their shoes are very more sporty, more Euro-looking shoes, you know? Uh, they do sponsor, like, a couple of basketball players, but it's just, like... I feel like, like uh, that was just to alley-oop to Lily for that dunk on Puma right there, because I kind of just was, like, <laughs> low-key, and then Lily came in, bah! <laughs> she broke the glass like Shaq. But, yeah, no, it's true, and it's just, like, for me, for me, Puma is, like, not on my... Like, it's a good brand, like... But, like, it's just, like, I don't have any Puma shoes. Like, it's not my style of shoe. So that's, like, my mom not thinking about what I like or have. And she knows I have a billion shoes. Do so, any of us here have Puma shoes? Come on. 
Nope. It's funny. I have pony shoes, classic <laughs> pony shoes, but not Puma. So it's just like. Oh, you have ponies? Those are tight. Yeah. Like. I have some white Adidas that I just busted out and they're already dirty. I wore them for the first time today and I'm looking at them right now in the corner. <laughs> dirty thing. Are you going to be like a middle school and like brush, clean them every Sunday night mm-hmm. like I used to do in middle school? For me, shoes are... I just looked at them on the shelf for like six months. And then today I was like, there's no pre- precipitation. I'm just, I'm not really going. I'm going to one place and then in my car... And I can see a scuff from 10 feet away. <laughs> no. <laughs> but for me, I love white shoes and white shoes. They get dirty because it adds so much character. And like, mm. I love white converses that get all fucked up and all dirty and gray. And I have like a couple of them in the rotation, you know, and it's just like, it's a character of the shoe. I'm not one of those guys who's just like, oh, there's a crease. It's over. Nah. You rock shoes. That's crazy. I think that that's, that's like just a, that's a rich person thing. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's no, not. It's not. No, I, that's true. It's I, not just a rich person thing. At my old school, I would say 10% of all males yeah. walked around like a duck. with their little, called the little penguin walk. So mm-hmm. they wouldn't take their shoes. And no matter how much I made fun of them, they wouldn't walk normal. Mm-hmm. I, I trash like, my shoes, man, immediately. Like, I'm like a child with shoes. I don't know how women have nice shoes. Like, I don't. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will go out in a new pair of shoes and then they're done. Like, but that's the thing. That's what they're meant to do. Like, shoes, yeah, you're supposed to wear them. Yeah, shoes are meant to be comfortable or like for like make a fashion statement if they're not comfortable, you know? And, yeah. but in, in real life, like, shoes are meant to be worn and meant to be comfortable. And if you're not going to be comfortable in your own shoes, like why even buy those shoes? What's the point? Clothing in general. Mm -hmm. Clothing in general is like that. But we know that it's different for for women on on that tip. Yes. And salute to women. It's so weird. You have these different moods. Yes. No, it's true. You know, like sometimes you're like fine in this hoodie and sweats for like days and then all of a sudden something happens the stiletto comes out yeah and you're like i gotta do this thing i don't know why this is like weird ritual primping thing yeah (laughs) but yeah so moral of the story well lily tell us a little about yourself where are you from how'd you end up in reno um (laughs) how long is this (laughs) We got all day, baby. We got all day. Oh, geez. Um, I was born in Santa Barbara and pretty quickly moved um, to Europe when I was little. Like I spent my formative years in Germany and Anguilla um, until I was like five or six. And then we moved back to the States um, and lived in Florida. I've moved a shit ton. And um, And then Tahoe for a bit, then Petaluma. New York, I went to high school there for performing arts to like a performing arts high school in the city and then moved to LA. And then I met my ex-husband. We had it, we got married, had a kid, um, decided to move back to Tahoe. That's where his family lived and my grandparents lived. So, you know, clean air, family, having a baby. And, you know, and then I moved down here and I've been here for like seven years, seven or eight years. 
Um, and I used to have like a nonprofit children's theater company. So I was always like in Reno doing, making art and doing things in the community down here when I was living um, in Tahoe too. So I've been closely connected to Reno and the folks down here for most of my, you know, adult life. Nice. So you had a, a children's community theater? How did that work? Um, it was a it was the largest children's community theater company, and um, it was started by my grandmother, uh, Monica Folio. Twenty, actually, it will be thirty. It would be like thirty five years ago now, Dang. but it was around for like twenty five years. She passed away, and um, I kept it going. We were like co workers, best friends, soulmates. Like my grandma was my girl. Um, and so just, you know, kept doing it, kept growing it and then started doing some adult shows towards the end. We did a modern version of, um, Les Miserables where the, you know, Gavroche was Trayvon Martin and, uh, like the, all of the townspeople were like 99% Occupy protesters and stuff. And we did that with a live orchestra. Tristan, uh, Selzer was the music director and... Mm. Um, you know, that I I would say that's like the highlight, most fun thing I've ever organized artistically, like the biggest thing that I've done down here that was the beginning of like art activism. Um, it, it's kind of funny because it's like now, if I would have done it now, it would be like very <laughs> profound, but it was just a little bit, you know, people when I, when I did it were, cause we did it, we did a show at San Harbor and there were people writing like, you can't do that to Les Mis. Like Victor Hugo wouldn't have wanted you to make it about this. I'm like, it <laughs> is literally about this. <laughs> this this story was always time. a revolution. <laughs> you were ahead of the times. People weren't ready. They weren't. They were. They were. But I had some good. Like um, one of the letters I framed it. Um, I don't have it anymore, but it said, um, "We." we couldn't believe that you would take Victor Hugo's work and make it political. It was all we could talk about at the golf course the next morning. <laughs> That's so fucking perfect. <laughs> at the golf course? Oh, man. I couldn't believe you would take this story about the French Revolution and make it political. What? Uh, this, this that is, is some rich white people shit if I've ever heard Exactly. Mm -hmm. And how they don't understand what they read. They, yeah. pro they, like, probably, they probably didn't even read it. All, real these, life. all these conservatives are like mad at Rage Against the Machine and like Tom Morello for being political. And yeah, like it's, it's like how like our band we've been a political band for thirty years. Like it just shows you how fucking clueless, like and out of touch these people are with reality. Yeah, and especially like musicals um, and the musical theater world, like that's my background and training. Like what I went to school for was like Broadway and every single one of those shows is like a historical and political story. And it's just funny that like, that people will be outraged. They're like, I didn't know Miss Saigon was sad. I just liked the songs and like, you know, I, I just, I don't. Like all art almost is political. Like. Mm -hmm. right it's like, like uh, it's so uh it's so ridiculous especially it's so ridiculous. theater like theater that's how they got their <laughs> politics out that's how they like like made it like words into the form and like oh fuck like, right it's like one of the oldest forms yes uh, obviously i've never like heard of greek theater yeah and how like <laughs> right. 
critiquing society. Like, yeah. like but the people that, you know, that are patronizing the theater, the people that can uh, afford it now, mm-hmm. like, I can't tell you how many of my white friends were telling me the person who's done Broadway, like, you need to see Hamilton. I'm like, well, I can't because I'm an artist. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed fucking the entire audience of white people that got to see Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> But but it's on HBO. We can see it now. <laughs> mm, I don't like theater on the on the screen. Can't no, do it. No, it is different. Uh, like it. even when it's I terrible. yeah, even when I went to like London, I went to like a local theater production, and it's so different to be in that little room mm-hmm. to like feel like you got to feel it, you know. And yeah. that's and that's why like the Greek amphitheater is so awesome because no matter where you sit, you feel what they're saying so yeah yeah there's just there's nothing quite like it like of all of the arts like i love to record i love to you know just like do gigs and stuff but there's something about theater where it's like such a high stake and it takes so many people working together perfectly at the same time and it's never going to be the same like there's there's nothing quite like it you know so yeah, it's live i mean it's yeah. it's live performing like with yeah. other people that's mm-hmm. so rest in peace theater we miss you yeah because yeah, because <laughs> even if you go to two showings back to back it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be the same mm-hmm. yeah and that's why it's, it's you know it's so fun to direct because you have you know you might have 14 shows but you have like 14 shows you know different <laughs> yeah. different actors and different scenarios or venues or people drop lines that's always fun mm-hmm. and you so, hear the, you hear that whisper <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's caesar did you ever, i was in a uh, pan, do you know pan lily pan yeah Pantosia? yeah i was in i stupidly agreed to be in one of his plays once he like <laughs> you know how pan does when he's like hey uh, i'm doing this thing like it's it's no big deal that you want to do it and ended up being way more than i ever imagined it could be <laughs> but uh it was and it was it was odd and, and and weird but it was fun super stressful but but fun and that's my only experience like if you had told me i remember in uh, seventh grade taking like drama class and i mm-hmm. hated it i think the teacher just hated himself but I, a lot of people do not teach drama like in a regular school that's not the way <laughs> yeah it was but it turned me off i just like never thought like it would be fun like to to be in but like i look back now I'm like why it would have been super fun when you're like when you're a teenager and you don't have any cares in the world to, like get involved with theater and stuff it is a regret i have from high school i could have been even nerdier <laughs> And I think like there are so many stories and so many ki- like kids in particular that uh, being involved in theater when they're younger really shaped like who who they became and the way that they carry themselves and their confidence and um, ability to tackle things creatively. And I think it really it lends a hand to so many other professions when you get older that you don't really realize like you don't have to be an actor your whole life but definitely being a part of musicals and live theater as a kid um kind of shapes it shapes the kid a little differently mm-hmm. it's like a strong foundation yeah like it would be too bad all schools don't fucking have it mm-hmm. like yeah right <laughs> that's the first one that gets cut right there drama gets cut right art's away. always the first to go and art is just it's because artistic and creativity can't be commodified so it's always just 
taking out of budgets and, and like you're so you you are a music teacher for the district correct um yes i was <laughs> <laughs> um in the beginning of the year i was and then some tomfoolery was going on which i'm sure you're aware of with washoe county school district what? um but yeah i was teaching washoe county to uh, kindergarten, preschool through eighth grade, like 500 students. And I love all of them. And we were doing like a really uh, kind of a cutting edge curriculum. I helped a while ago, I helped rewrite the Nevada arts content standards. And a lot of the research that I did was like the, the New York public school system because it's the best. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I took those standards and just kind of like heightened some of those things and like, was doing um, a pretty different approach to what was going on. And I really enjoyed my job. And then we came back um, after the summer, Corona land. And I was told that because of the budget cuts through the ledge, um, which I know are real because I also like spent the summer testifying during the summer special session with the legislature, asking them to not do what they did uh, by cutting the budget. And, you know, the mine lobby swallowing all of our money. Um, so then they cut my position basically like more than in half. They're like, oh, you're just going to teach fifth through eighth now. And I'm like, mm, that doesn't really make any sense. Like you wouldn't start teaching music in fifth grade. Like then all, <laughs> of the, you know, like that all of the kids right. have it or, you know, or whatever. And then came the the uh, Black Lives Matter and LGBTQIA discrimination um, and silencing for the teachers and my school doubled down with an extra contract um, asking that we don't even post anything on our personal social medias that could be disagreeable. And at this point I had been like, organizing die-ins in the middle of the street, calling the, you know, county commission, telling the DA that his mom's a hoe, like, I can't, like, I'm not doing that. Um, you know, and, and also, like, definitely was talking about politics and, and um, queer issues and political issues being my entire entirety of teaching <laughs> I never didn't talk about that because like what we were talking before like art is political so especially for middle schoolers um you know some of them with parents that don't agree with them and they're queer and I would be like the only teacher that was like that that's fine we're cool you know and having to sign something or agree to not being able to express myself in the way I need to for the larger community uh, made it so that That's why I think the the districts all their their stance on like caring about student mental health is fucking bullshit like right they they They're don't care like, they, for me to leave and not be their teacher and be like here's my phone number if you need anything yeah right. I can help a kid more especially with those those students because those like they worry about teen suicide, but then like so many of LGBTQ teens are like pressured, bullied, like mm -hmm. it's just, it's fucking terrible. And I couldn't- And if we're not allowed to talk to them, like I had a kid that was very depressed and I was worried that we were going to lose them over the, 
over the Christmas break and the week before coming in, like they had cuts on their arms and it was like, we got to figure something out before I let you go to Christmas break. Like I can't do this. And they said, you know, I've been binding and my mom won't let me take hormones or acknowledge that I want that I'm transgender. And so I had a conversation with the parent and the, you know, the, they, we all came to an agreement and the child was able to buy a proper binder and actually go to, you know, the doctor to speak about hormone therapy. But that was because I intervened, which is like 100% illegal and totally not what you're allowed to do. But it's, you know, that we could have lost that kid. So which one, you know? I mean, I added a whole unit on sex like gender and uh we i taught like we watched a documentary on gender dysphoria and like interviews with uh transsexual kids and uh kids who had undergone sex change surgeries like i got in trouble eventually for but i mean starting off i was like i'm gonna fucking do this until i do get in trouble yeah i I eventually got in trouble for doing it but it was worth it like we had kids we had openly, you know, we had openly right. trans kids, we had gay kids, we had bisexual kids in our school, right. and no one was like educating the kids or doing anything for them, and they, but yet they claim to care, and then so, and then like my, my curriculum wasn't approved by the district, but they don't mm-hmm. have a curriculum, so yeah, it's it's fun. the district fucking sucks, but we all know yeah. that we're from Nevada, yeah, yeah so so we so already. Know. Just like- perfect storm of all of those things and then like they took away my health insurance in the same week and I was like I just this is wild bye (laughs) like (laughs) so with your art background would you say that got you into activism naturally or and I hate to use the word activism because I feel like activists are just people who are involved in their community trying to make it better like but everyone should should everyone should be yeah 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 I was just talking about that with my son. I was like, it's so funny when people are like, hey, thank you so much for calling and making that public comment. And like, I just really admire that. I'm like, no, don't admire that. Like you do it too. Just. Yeah, that's the whole point of this. (laughs) All it takes is not a power. Pick up the phone, donate a little bit of time or donate (laughs) services. Like every little bit helps. Like this is the thing about community. People don't understand that it just it's only a little bit it's not like you need to donate 40 hours like you do to your job it's It's just like you don't don't have to be like some special person it's just (laughs) normal people like yeah everybody doing it just normal people who are actually wanting to do something about it it's it it doesn't take an extraordinary person to make their community better yeah no not at all um and i would say you know the thing that radicalizes most people is just like being uh, victims of late stage capitalism. So I think just being born not rich <laughs> makes you <laughs> eventually, if you're not an idiot, yeah. um, an activist. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, if you're sick of you know your conditions and your material conditions mm-hmm. suck, you want to do something about it. So yeah. <laughs> you'd hope. I don't. <laughs> I mean. It's not eventual because mm-hmm. some people that's are fighting not, like, No, exactly. My grandfather was a, a union guy too. Like I've been in the union forever and that's like a 
family rule. Our only rule is you have to belong to a union. <laughs> so that kind of like up was <laughs> so weird. Um, so, you know, I've been like, I've done picket lines and stuff when I was little and like been around that kind of organizing forever. So, cause artists get so you were born, all the time. You were born into it. You didn't, adopt, you didn't adopt this. You were born into it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Salute to grandpa. <laughs> Uh, I told him because he was like, oh, I'm so proud of like some of the stuff that you're doing. And I was like, yeah, aren't you proud? I found the one thing that pays less money than music. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny how that works, right? <laughs> no, nothing that make none of the jobs, the most important jobs get paid the least. Yes. Right. Why can't I be passionate about app development? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no it's it's so it's it, so you know, true it's, like look i don't want to shit on people but it's always funny when people are super passionate about like things they don't fucking matter mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh, i'm just i've always been really passionate about entrepreneurship really that's cool guy <laughs> that's a weird way to say you have rich parents it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of words to say. <laughs> Uh, yeah but but the average basic stuff doesn't get paid like like i help people out every day at my job and i get paid less than a warehouse worker so what are you gonna do (laughs) yeah um guillotine school logs (laughs) what are we gonna do we're gonna have a revolution right lily dude i'm sorry i said we're gonna have a revolution right god i hope so um I'm I'm amped this week actually about what's going on in India. Oh yeah, the biggest like uh, the biggest organized protest strike in the history of the world. Yes, yes, I saw that. We could talk about it a little bit later in world news, but yeah, I saw like a little glimpse of that. I think the Guardian did like a little article on it, and I just like mm-hmm. real quick, I just saw it, but I was just like, Jacobin not- has a really good one. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more like clear, but yeah, two like over two hundred and fifty million people. Mm-hmm. Especially, That's what we need to be doing. Especially in India, when they get uh, right? they, they get the bottom of the bottom out there in India, and but it's socialism. <laughs> yeah, people are I like how, like, people are scared I like how of these weird ideas. After the Red Scare, people are still attacking people for being socialists. When they're like, you know, I was like, in one, there was actually socialists at one time in this country. Now people who like have like normal, like generally accepted ideas that the rest of the world have embraced, they're like, you're a fucking socialist. And I'm like, mm, I don't really think you know what that word means. <laughs> well, what's funny too is like government workers are the only people like, and not workers, like government officials are the only people that get to experience socialism. Like, remember when the president got coronavirus and then he got the best socialized healthcare that our country <laughs> can offer? Like, mm-hmm. How could uh, I you know, they get, they get <laughs> so overtime, decent wages, cars, clothes, mm-hmm. everything you need, health insurance, they get socialism. Uh, yes, yes. Only, only the rich people in this country get socialism, like corporations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, where the government helps them out to the fullest degree. <laughs> like the the nth degree yeah. corporations get help from the government. And they're not even asking for <laughs> it. Sometimes... Regular people, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> Here's 1200 yeah. bucks. Go- governments, Amazon, I'm making billions. Oh, do you want trillions? Why not? 
Fuck it. Is there a number after that? Let's <laughs> yeah. make that amount. Like... Oh my god, yeah. it's, it's fucking ridiculous. It gets me so mad sometimes. It makes me so mad. It's yeah. um, I always I've been thinking about for a while. Uh, Lucille Bluth, you know, from Arrested Development. He, like yes. as Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> like because they're also so out of touch. Where she's like, "What could rent cost? Eighty dollars? Like, <laughs> what could it cost? Eighty thousand dollars? Who knows? Yeah. What, how much does That's ice like cream cost?" Kelly Loeffler's running in Georgia as like someone who understands how much a buck like thing, and she's like super rich, <laughs> like owns like a sports team. Like they posted a picture of one of her houses. And she's like trying to relate to people like, I know what it's like to struggle to make ends meet. And we're like, mm, that is the biggest fucking lie ever. You have no idea. I uh, thought it was funny when she's ready, they all tried to do it's that. It's like too. a reverend. Yeah. They all try to do that. We're just like you. No, I don't have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of my coworkers was like writing a paper for her master's class in history. And I was like, you should do it on, because she had to pick like race, gender, sexism, or, or uh, uh, ethnicity or class. And I was like, you should do it on class because that is the biggest problem in this country because everyone thinks they're middle class, even though very few of them are. The uh -huh. richest people think they're middle class and all these stupid fucking poor and working class people think they're middle class where you're like, if you like got in a car accident, you'd go bankrupt, but you still think you're middle class because you have a credit card. You can't even afford to go bankrupt. That costs money too. <laughs> yeah. And when rich people go bankrupt, it's like a business strategy instead of like, <laughs> like 50 cent, like, like 50 cent when he like claimed bankruptcy, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, look at this rapper. I'm like, no, he has a business. He, he is a business going bank. Like Trump's went bankrupt. Trumpito has been bankrupt like three or four times. It's a business strategy. So you can start back from zero in your corporation they are not broke their business is broke and it's just like it's a different situation from when the average person goes to their credit card companies is like oh i'm bankrupt it's it's a different it's oh it's just people need well, to... and it's weird that there's it's also like there's a class of people who don't understand that it's a class war <laughs> and they literally do think that it is like Susie, the houseless person on the side of the road, not wanting a better life for herself is why she can't get the car she wants. That's why she's, <laughs> home. That's why she's homeless. Right? She's lazy, it's doesn't like, want to work. Like I, I had a whole talk with somebody about that yesterday. They're like, you can't just give homeless people homes. I'm like, yeah, no, that's the cheapest thing to do, actually. It's studied. It's exactly <laughs> Well, it's There's, like statistics. you're fucking closer to them than you <laughs> yeah. are to being rich. Like you're so much more likely to end up like them right. than you are rich. <laughs> but but you don't want. Yeah, it's just it goes. The psyche of Americans. We're just such fucking traumatized, indoctrinated people that like we don't even we're abused from the fucking jump. We we don't even know it. We're just gaslit our whole life that we live in the greatest country where everything is the best ever, and we have no idea that there's other ways of doing things. And it's these like people, like, like it becomes such a part of their identity that when you like challenge them on it, they like feel attacked. Mm -hmm. And they don't have any, they have no basis for it, which is so weird. I'm like, how could you be so passionate about something you've never researched? 
because they're white it's their identity yeah like yeah. that's why it's so much easier for people of color because like we have an identity outside of that that we can uh rely on yeah and they they don't it's like the, confe- no, the confederate I'm- flag or something you know why are they why are they so passionate about that I don't know, but I'm saying send me back to whatever shithole country you think I'm from because they definitely have health care. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Well, uh, hmm. what 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 have you been doing uh, activist-wise? Like, what's uh, what's grinding your gears? Let's say. I, I, first I'm of all, so I lo- glad you asked because it was a big week for gear grinding. Okay. Yeah, I, I love watching you on social media just. You know, fucking blow people up and decapitate people with your, your point. So what? And your your last uh, last month at the, uh, the 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 board meeting for Washoe County School District, your awash in white mediocrity statement was one of the most poetic thing. I think about that all the time now. Whenever oh, I see a stupid fucking white guy on 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 social media talking shit, I just like gosh, like. The sea of white mediocrity is just, just I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by it. I'm, I'm lost in a sea of white mediocrity. It, so what's been thick. grinding your it's gears? This? Yeah, I mean, white mediocrity is always grinding my gears for sure. So they, so we've done, um, we've done got fucked this week in Reno in three different ways um, and not, none of them the fun ways. Uh, <laughs> one of the things is, uh, So the week started out Tuesday. There was a city council meeting. I was hyped and pissed already because the city wants to spend, or I'm sorry, spent, it's done 12, I'm sorry, $2 million, $2.4 million, $1.4 million, $1.4 million on the company talk space um, out of CARES funds. So basically they got these CARES funds um, months ago. They had until... January 1st to use them. And so now at the final hour, they're coming up with some like the like the shittiest, most out of touch idea ever. To, yeah, like, so explain explain like, to people why you think that's such a big, uh, such a terrible idea. Um, well, it's it's extr- it's not accessible. So, um, yes, the way that the city is approaching it is, you know, we have healthcare workers and we have people working overtime or odd hours or perhaps they can't afford their regular therapy and they need somebody to talk to so the city can give money so that these people can go on their, you know, thousand dollar phones and, and access this healthcare. Um, pat on the back, this is such a great idea. Now those people in those situations, like I will use myself as an example, like I recently don't have health insurance any longer, so stop seeing my therapist. Is that great? No. Am I going to hurt myself or others because of it in in the immediate future? No. Um, The need that Reno has is not for people like me to have immediate emergency money for mental health. It's for people who are disassociated, experiencing psychosis, heavily um, addicted to drugs, they're they're a houseless community. We're dead bottom last in youth mental health. Um, in Washoe County, we have the most youth house, houseless kids. Yeah, and we're all we're 47th in the nation um, as well in mental health. And so these people are not. Karen had a hard day at work. These people are like literally. Um, the day that we were going over to record uh, the 
uh, the podcast about it on K-Wink, I was coming down the Wells Bridge and there was somebody walking down the middle of the road up the Wells Bridge. And I was like, oh, I wonder like if he would use talk space. <laughs> hey, oh, hey guys. <laughs> like, and so I'm thinking like, let's, let's picture it. Let's walk, down, <laughs> yeah, let's walk down forestry with our computers and be like, hey, hi, excuse me. Um, do you want to Zoom a therapist? You know, they don't, that's, these people don't know where they are. Like they need actual help, you know, and that to me is just so out of touch and so inaccessible to the community that needs it the most. Um, and not to mention Talkspace as a company has a bunch of bad things going on with it as well. Um, they exploit the labor of their therapists and they're based out of New York City. So that money isn't going back into our economy where we have plenty of, licensed health professionals here that have less clients right now and can't see their clients or can't work as much because the money's not there that could have used this um, money to help people directly. And uh, they were calling in on public comment, medical professionals, once again, calling in the government saying, this is my expert opinion and the government saying no. And then they want to act like, you know, it's no different than ignoring um, an epidemiologist about um, a pandemic, if you're ignoring a mental health professional about mental health, you know, so it's, we got, we got really swindled, um, with that deal. That well, we have, leaders, uh, we have, we have leaders who think, uh, making unilateral decisions is what leadership is about instead of listening to like humbling themselves and listening to people who know right. more than them. That's right. what good leadership's about. So exactly. And it's, yeah. And it's sad because it's like these people, um, you know, they weren't, nobody could have predicted that these are the kinds of decisions they would have to be making. Like some of these people what, like owned a vintage t-shirt shop and wanted to make Midtown cool. And then they decided to get into city government and then a global pandemic happened. And now like the lives of people are in their <laughs> hands and they were not prepared to make these kinds of decisions or informed at all. Um, yeah, and exactly. They're just not consulting the impacted people or the, you know, professionals and experts. And so we're just getting just wasting money like just you might as well there's not one like that i could see out there that's visibly experiencing a mental health crisis that would use talk space not one so because you probably sucks because you need you need you need the internet Mm -hmm. yeah you need the internet you need a phone you need to know where you are you need to know that you're experiencing a crisis you Mm -hmm. need to be able to verbalize that well, how are they even going to fucking know about Talkspace if they're homeless or if they like, <laughs> right. don't have internet? Mm-hmm. They don't even have pay phones anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they can't even phone a f- phone in. No, it doesn't make any sense. And then the second thing um, that we recently discovered from Edward Coleman, um, he gave us a little education on the on budgeting and finance uh, on a city level and we have discovered that our city does not use line item budgeting which is actually what almost every other city does too so that's like the real itemized like where they're spending the money so at a time where they're getting millions of dollars for us to not have a comprehensive line item <laughs> budget is also like pretty much robbery Ugh, uh, ridiculous so- I'm on the arts and culture commission and us just trying to get like, it's literally been almost a year of us trying to find out exactly how we're funded and if it's being followed properly. 
because like no one really knows and it's always kind of just been done a certain way and the statute says one thing but they've always done another thing and this is like you know 0.2 percent of the entire budget yeah. it, like like it, it says that it's supposed to be this but this is how can we get some clarification and literally this all started before covid and i don't think right. that we have gotten clarification from anyone no, it's just, you know, Nevada is very unique. It's Wild West politics and nobody looking to any other examples. It is amazing to me on every level, city, county, and state that we do not look to other situations uh, where it is working to try to come up with a solution. For some reason, Nevadans are like, we have to come up with a whole new way. And then they just never do it. It's they've always been used to things being so small and we have these mediocre people who are not probably, <laughs> they've always just been like status quo. Yeah. And now that it requires new novel solutions and, and work, it's everywhere. Like from our yeah. election count process to our education system, to our tax system, everything's been laid bare now that it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Yet it's not like we're like one of 50 states where we could look elsewhere and find out, find solutions to these problems. Right. And there are a lot of, um, a lot of people, creative individuals, people that want to help people that are more in touch with those communities that would be happy to help. Like, you know, in fact, all of us are calling all the time and asking for these engage, you know, engagements with these people and asking why they're not consulting people or, you know, getting the information from, um, from the streets as it were, because, you know, I know that my, my council representative in ward five lives in like Somerset, but I live right by roller kingdom <laughs> and she has a wine cellar. So like, I don't think that she's ever been on my street. Like, I don't think you're not on ever. the same level. Like No. And she makes decisions for my, yeah. So, like, what drives me crazy, so, like, line budgeting is where you, like, take, an ex like, prior years and, like, itemize things, right? So, what budget are we using then? Just, like, monopoly money where it's just, like, oh, I need some money for this. I'm just going to put it there. Just in huge, things are just in, like, huge funds. And they just pull just out like of them? Funds go into the, yeah, certain funds go into these huge pots. And, like, the pots... They don't know exactly where that money's going for them because so many different things are taking money out of it. Like, mm -hmm. just for small examples, like our, our budget with the arts and culture thing, like we're supposed to share part of it with the parks department. And then part of that gets shared with like maintenance and like public works. So, and like we, like all four of these different departments don't necessarily know it, like what? how it's supposed to be because no one's following what it said in like the statutes in the actual law. That just sounds like a lot of like. This is, I'm literally we're talking like uh, like hundreds of thousands of dollars out of like hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, that just sounds like an easy way for me to be rich if I'm a politician here in town. Well, and and the way that Reno is doing it is especially dirty. And like when I started really looking at their budgets um, earlier in the year, because I'm like, oh, there's no more gigs. Maybe I'll like look and see what 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 city council like. And I was like. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I can never go back now that I know, you know, spending 36% of the general fund on police. Oh man. And 1% community down for 15 years. 
Mm-hmm. And 1% on community development. So that's your, your money that you're talking about, Sean, that you have to share with other people. But 36% yeah, people, of that pie. People bitch about like the arts and culture spending money, like us spending tax dollars on art. And I'm like, motherfucker, it's like 250 <laughs> grand a year. No, they have like, no idea. Like, they're also during the summer, they did a, recently they did $33,000 for new helmets for cops, like more riot gear. And um Per there's one armored vehicle per every police officer in Reno. I what? mean, what? That's not a, that's not a cop car. It's an armored vehicle. Uh, that thing, right. like that thing, could tear things. Like what the fuck? Oh my god! Like these guys have like just they're playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Like I don't know where. Like what? Why do you need this? Shit? And and they're just stored. They're not even used, obviously, because it's not like Reno. We're having riots all the time. Them. Meanwhile, like, people are bitching about like the school board, like the school's yeah. budgets that are like, you guys spent so like you 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 spent two million dollars to replace asbestos roofs in a, yeah. in a 70 year old building. They can't even the say fuck? asbestos. <laughs> we don't have those. Or they say, you know, um, yeah, I mean it's just Sean, you gotta run for office already. Let's fucking do yeah. this. Let's fucking so do this. So that's just Sean. the city council. Then there are but two the other things that piss me off. I, I walked the line between like being coming an evil fucking overlord, like just it, it, I, it's such a fine line. I always picture like if I ever ruled the world being benevolent, but now I, I feel like I would be like, you know, I'd, I'd be like Emperor Palpatine or something. Like, <laughs> no, I would just like flip it. I would be like Elon Musk has to give me pedicures every day for the rest of his life. <laughs> He'd probably I'd be, be down. I'd be sitting death robots out too much caesar oh man <laughs> like like it's just, just like obama it's just weird how there's an armored car for every like police officer that like even just taking half of those armored cars like even if it's like one per two police officers just think of how much you could fund the arts or how much you could fund mm-hmm. like infrastructure like those things aren't cheap no and and you know and think about how many less teenagers in a mental health crisis there would be to kill if they were enrolled in something like the art yes um like the possibilities you know like but, just like, our, our, at the federal level like i just saw something today like the, the department of defense pentagon like the defense budget is like something like 600 billion dollars and we're like uh you could take off like 10 billion and get like free health care and you know like free like you can take some of this, some of these billions off of this and fund all these other things. But, you know, we they can don't talk about like the bare necessities don't even cost that much, you know? Like, yeah. we spend so much thing. on things we don't need. Most of like, it is, and it, that's the thing that I, it's just, it's like finger pointing and they just don't want to. They don't care. They don't want to. Um, so, <sighs> speaking of the cops, <laughs> let's the go. The biggest. The biggest bone I have Ooh, I to, say, like, say. Let's I say. Let's go. Let's go. This is such blatant fucking bullshit. Tell this us. is the wildest. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, um, w- one just a little bit of backstory. We have uh, you're twelve times more likely to get uh, or black people are murdered at twelve times the national murder rate in Reno by the police. Um, we have some hot statistics that people are not aware of, and 75% of mental health calls um, become officer-involved shootings in Reno. 75. So, 
75 percent yeah and like all of them die pretty much too so we have a this yeah <laughs> we have a district attorney christopher hicks who is like he loves killer cops like i i don't know what else there's no other explanation for what he does but he has never prosecuted anyone or um ruled in the in the favor of the victim but he also takes notoriously two years to release body cam footage and police reports which are often heavily doctored by the time they're mm-hmm. you know edited by the time they're done um some some places have like you have to release it in 48 hours this motherfucker is waiting two years for for families to see videos of their loved ones being murdered by the cops they can't even you know they've already lost someone they can't even see it happen for two years so as if that weren't bad enough uh now they are going to charge uh, a start of two hundred dollars for body cam footage that we know it's not going to come any quicker like you're mm. still going to wait two years now it costs at least two hundred dollars two hundred dollars um, processing fees <laughs> and the officer's faces will be redacted what yeah oh my god so god. at this point like let's just give them the kkk hoods then Fuck, like, <laughs> kidding me just cover them up like let's that's what i mean caesar if i was in office like how would i like i couldn't tactfully respond to that i would just i would just be like going off like this guy's a stupid mother like but that's the thing and like i've been thinking about that too like that is all uh, us being colonized we don't have to talk to them in a certain way no fuck you that's my money that i gave you my taxes I'm not going to speak to you in like legalese because you're wearing a suit or there's some colonized mentality that I have to treat you in a specific way when you're literally fucking over my community. Like, no, we don't have to do that anymore. And we shouldn't do that anymore. We should be able to speak to- Look at Lily just taking off off our mental chain, Caesar, do you? (laughs) Yeah. That's just like, that's colonizer shit. Oh, excuse me, sir. Da, da, da. No, fuck that. Why are you going to call sir, somebody sir who is blatantly murdering children in your community? Like, why? why? Yeah, it just, uh, no, because I, I saw that article with like that $200 and I knew it was coming to this. And I was just like, come on, people. Like, this is, they're, they're fucking shit up for us. Like, like, like you said, the community. And yet we can't see anything. They can't do anything. And why do you think we get all so mad? The fucking boldness of this is just astounding. Like this shows you how out of touch this shit is like, like Mm -hmm. there's no way people are going to let this shit stand. And like to even propose it is fucking You know, they did it already in Vegas. They're doing it already. They've been doing it in Vegas. I think think the pandemic's shown that the leadership in Vegas is pretty terrible. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, however, the organizers in Vegas are pretty badass, and there's a lot more of them than there are here, Mm -hmm. and they still aren't fucking, you know, they're still up against a grindstone, too. So it's really important that everybody calls and writes for this county commissioner meeting because, like, that that's going to be the only hope right now, short of like literally burning it to the ground. Like, there's no other thing that we as citizens can do. So that that meeting is on the 8th at 10 a.m. Um, and there's a school board meeting 
on the 8th at 2 p.m. You can call and yell at them. And then there's a city council meeting on the 9th at 10 a.m. So just so get dumb. mad. I've, I've gone off on so many tirades on the school board that I can't anymore. Like I know. Like, and I personally know some of them too. And I like, it, it, it's, uh, the, it's been a while since I've been so disappointed in someone who I know, like someone I know. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's crazy to to know someone and just be completely disappointed uh, at to such levels. Uh, it's fucking pathetic. But um, yeah, get involved, people. I mean, I, yeah. I I don't know what good it's going to do to for the school board, but you can affect things uh, with the city council and and uh, the city. You can at least express your displeasure, and they do. They are some of them are a little more responsive. Um, it's better than doing nothing. It might not do anything, but it's much better than making, because if you don't say anything, they assume that they did a good job. Like every meeting starts with good job guys. Like I've never seen such a supportive. (laughs) (laughs) They have to support each other with these things. Yeah. Um, Just the mediocrity. When you, when you, when you. They're a wash play mediocrity. You think like yeah. doing a terrible job is great. Like they're just high-fiving each other after taking a fucking L. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I always tell people like, don't put me in power because you guys are going to hate me, but everything will be good. <laughs> like Right. Well, uh, Lily, tell us uh, about your K-Wing show. Oh, yeah. So we've been doing Mass Liberation Radio, Kaylee Barnett and I um, on K-Wing. Uh, we started too with our good friend and fellow organizer Nathaniel Phillips, who lives in Vegas now, but he was up um, in Reno during the summer, and that's when we started it when we were organizing uh, Justice for Micaiah Lee, um, which we still don't have. And for anybody who doesn't know, Micaiah Lee was an 18-year-old um, black community member here in Sparks, and he was murdered by Sparks Police Department while having a mental health crisis. Um, he and so many others um, who have all, not only uh, their families have, are still suffering, but they many of them, as we were talking about before, still don't have body cam footage or um, anything that they need. And so for Micaiah Lee, we organized a die-in and we were able to get that body cam footage um, a couple of months after his death. However, there are like 40 other people on the list and we can't just go lay in the ground every single day so that people can get these videos. I mean, I guess we could, but someone would have to like pay my bills or something. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, so that's when we started the show. And then we have different community organizers or just you know folks that we admire on um, once a week. It's on Saturdays at noon. The last one that aired today was with Jamal Tarkington. We we're just talking about everything. That. Yeah, you you can talk to Jamal about anything forever. So yeah, yeah, we do, we do. <laughs> yeah, we we've had some. We, yeah, some we've we had one of our longer podcasts yeah. with him on. And what's, yeah, what's cool? It was a kind yeah. of long time. Yeah, they they they, uh, they used my picture it. for him. Yeah, him and the little puppy. I know that was cute. Thomas Thomas is the one who did that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. And then before that, we had the Washoe County school district for change kids on and the, that's a group of community organizers that are young people that are, trying awesome. to, Those kids are awesome they're so awesome and they're 
getting radicalized more and more and I'm very proud of them. I love to see it. Um, they actually came to my kid's school. I have an 11 year old who goes to school in Truckee and his school asked the kids to come and specifically talk about politics <laughs> with the kids um, just to show like the drastic difference in what we're offering uh, kids in, in different places versus Washoe County. Um, so that's when I first got in touch with them. And who else have I Reno Burrito Project on and a couple of, you know, city council people. We're thinking about having Devin Reese on and Anjanette Damon <laughs> is the next one. She- uh, Anjanette Damon, I love her. She's, that's a, that'd be a good one. She's a- I'm excited about really, that. Yeah, she's really been holding it down during the pandemic with her reporting. Mm-hmm. She did that death behind bars was amazing. So we want to talk about that. And especially right now with COVID and the jails being just like absolutely full and um, also infected. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that, uh, that the, the debate whether to give inmates the vaccine before the general public and how that is not being received very well. Although the argument can be like scientifically showing that they, like prisons are some of the biggest spreaders of the disease, especially as people are released and then just spreading it to the people working there. But uh, yeah, it, it, like it, it always amazes me. I always forget it. And then I'm reminded how much people hate like people who are incarcerated and homeless people, like the lack of fucking empathy and, and compassion for those people is always it's astounding yeah 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 um so that you can if you're mad about that you can tell the county commission <laughs> that is who you can talk to so that's kind of the funny thing is that they get to all point fingers at each other and like just when you're coming up with a solution they're like oh whoop, well, that's the county or like oh that's the city you know and it's just that's how bureaucracies work mm-hmm you don't. You never take. You never take blame for every, anything, and you, and you fight over credit for everything. Right, and then you pat yourselves on the back and unanimously vote, vote yes, no matter what. Yep, and then you go home and, and brag about how you're a fucking community leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glad we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> what are you running for, Lily? Um, in the next two, I hopefully the next two years, I'm thinking about it. City council or what? Um, so my city council seat won't be open for four years. So I was thinking county commission. Oh um, yeah, there you go. Because that's like a pretty young group. And then wait, wait, I just friends with Alexis Hill. So mm-hmm. he's awesome. We need, yeah, we need more people like uh, yes. like like that. Up. I agree. I agree. And I just found out I'm going to be the um, an attache for Chandra Summers um, Armstrong during this next legislative session. Um, she's the first black woman to hold this seat. So I'm like really excited. Um, and hopefully I'll learn a bunch because I honestly thought before as well, like you had to have some kind of magical power to run for office, but it turns out you just have to be white and mediocre. And so I think... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or, or or your parents have a little bit of money a little bit right you know, like, so i think we could all that's, do that's better. the myth that's yes. the myth like yeah uh, <laughs> yeah you just have to that's like something i realized the last two years like yeah most of these people in office are are 
fucking look. Uh, I'm not gonna be. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but they're not as smart as me. Like I'm smarter no. than them, and it always saddens me. Like I always assume that people in these positions are are at least as smart as me. But like Mike and I <laughs> always talk. Like these people are fucking dumber than us. Why are yeah. they making decisions about anything? With less yeah. experience in like nearly everything. <laughs> yeah. Because at least like, at least with us, we're in the community and we're talking to people and we're helping. And those you never see these people. No, where are they? Well, I'll tell you where they are. They're in their wine cellars, <laughs> like any of us would be in <laughs> wine cellars. No, uh, oh, no, yeah. probably not. I like to drink my wine with other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be at public house with my peeps. Yeah, my constituents. Uh, Yes. Right. Well, I th- always think about like, remember the beginning of the uh, primaries and they had, who was it? Kamala and somebody else like make a tuna melt. And it was like, they were like aliens that couldn't make a sandwich. It was the <laughs> shit. Like one of them like comes in and he like mixed the tuna with the water in it. And like did some other wild shit and then Kamala comes in and she's supposed to be the cool one who knows because she's not just actually a cop. Um, and <laughs> she comes in it's like, you put the water in it, but then she does something equally crazy. And then you're like, these two people have never even made a sandwich. <laughs> I'll say I've never made a tuna sandwich. I would but know what the fuck never made. It looks like they had never made any sandwich. <laughs> like their own food. Right, like they're not the last time they had to make something like that the peasants eat, like <laughs> from home, you know. <laughs> they're wildly out of touch. It's amazing, and that's like where we get things like the idea of talk space. Like I don't think that um, Devin Reese or or Jenny Breckis are evil villains. I think they're literally are just, they don't know. Just dumb. They don't see it. Well, they, that's just not where they live. Mm. You know, they just don't, they don't have to. They got off the freeway, they go to Collin Ranch or wherever the fuck they live. South and they just town somewhere. see the guy walking down the middle of Wells <laughs> New Bridge. And that's, and that's the important things about like having representatives that's of the people. Once, right. once you're not of the people, like how are you gonna represent your constituents if you're right. not if you're not of them? So, yeah, there has to be some sort of balance. We need more, more people of the people. But campaign you know, financing uh, reform think, would help that a lot. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but also just like getting the notion out of our heads that you can't like that just because you're you're not a white rich person that you can't run for office like you know just you, you got to realize that you're just as capable as these these fuck if anything has shown us the bar for leadership in this country is extremely low these days so uh i mean if you look at the last four years the the mediocrity of people who are making decisions is evident yeah you don't have to be great you don't even have to be good. You could be average and it'd be an upgrade. So well, and for some of the things, it's like you can use your own. like. If I were making some of this kind of money and I saw these immediate needs, like just use your own money. <laughs> like God damn it, Jeff Bezos. If I was Jeff Bezos, right. Like I would have so many problems already during the pandemic. Because like nobody, I thought that nobody enjoyed a quality of life where people are dying on the streets around them while they <laughs> eat sushi. Look at them awkwardly. Like I don't think that anyone enjoys that. Yeah. 
but they're also like eating sushi in their cellars, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So they can't even, there's no windows, so they can't even see outside. And that's why I think like some of the most important things that we can do as far as um, understanding what's going on is like looking at those, looking at their graphs, looking at their budgets and just take some of those statistics. And then when you have conversations like this with people, you can be like, did you know that this is the thing? And then it rings the alarm because people are like, well, it's not like we live in the tenderloin. And you're like, no, it's actually statistically worse. <laughs> like, and they're like, oh, mm -hmm. that's, you know that's the thing so definitely start start looking at those fools because they are robbing us <laughs> of course yeah yeah uh, so um Let's take a break take a break yeah, yeah. and uh sing your song of the week. so my song of the week uh is called hard living <laughs> by static celeste static selector david east and method man off static selector's new album called balancing act and nice. uh, just listen and enjoy to uh, some great bars. Salud. Static. Static selector. From a pack of piranhas, your favorite rapper pussy. I promise the ladders we climbed up. Disappearing next, we gon' find I was actually grinding. Biggest fears back to the bottom. Circle is blocked for days. Make sure you blast if you spot them. Used to rap for Barbara before fame. Back in the projects when she died. Walked around in the days out of my conscience. On all of my niggas. Chilling on a yacht without the nonsense. I was dead broke. Walking through Johnson with no design on. Thunder on with a silencer. That's a quiet storm. I've been about stacking bundles. I get my riot on. I like it, I just cop it, I don't try it uh -huh. I was dead broke trying to rap Now niggas asking me to buy a we song from hard living Play the block till it's all finished Pray that God fill us, we never know Cause we all sinning How you losing what you talk winning The whip tenant, windows dark skinned Pitching off them park benches You trying to get it, put your heart in it Get drunk at the ball with it Niggas giving out shots like a bartender Pops off in the summer, make sure it's not a hard winning You ain't never gotta pick us up As long as God get us Nice pick for any sit show, real from the Shoot him in his stomach, now in the bag where his shit go Had it from my zip code, let off a shot and get low Had an X-Dope and Miley EDM, I felt like Diplo Off the rip though, I pull that little John and tell him get low From the get-go, this pop can cause a panic at the disco You get just what you get though, I get dope But you ain't get that info, then you ain't really knowing what you in for The track got extendos, Malcolm X with the gun that's in your window Big drum, be sounding like crescendos Get the memo, when meth is in the house, call that endo I'm endo, and I'm saying every cow from the intro, statin, homie. You don't see a thought, no ratchet on me. Pack it on me, buck to some green bait. Gon' pack up on me. Macaroni, this no capping only. Like a cheese, I have you ratting on me. I thought you'd be happy for me. Married the money, holy matrimony. You was my brony, now you acting phony. I'm asking what happened, homie. Blacking out, it's about rap, the clapper, homie. Soon as you step in the mouse trap, I'm snapping, homie. Come from hard living. Play the block till it's all finished. Pray that God fill us. We never know, cause we all sinning. How you losing what you talk winning? Uh, how you losing what you talk winning? Come from hard living. Play the block till it's all finished. Pray that God fill us. We never know, cause we all sinning. How you losing what you talk winning? How you losing what you talk winning? Welcome back. That was Caesar's Song of the Week. It was Hard Living by Static Selector. 
Dave East and Method Man. Ironic Dave East and Method Man because Dave East plays Method Man in the Wu-Tang show. Yeah, uh, we were actually talking about that earlier today with uh, LaDontre that they their cadence sounds really like pretty close to the same. Uh, obviously, like bars a little bit different, but like it made really good sense that David East played Method Man in that Wu-Tang show. But uh, I'm a big fan of that boom bap. Obviously, we all know about this. If you're a heavy listener of the show, Static Select is my guy who makes just fantastic beats, you know, to my ears. And just to have like David East and Method Man. And Method Man, I love Method Man because he rarely even cusses in his bars. But he like, he'll outshine you uh, with his metaphors and similes. And it's like, he's fantastic. He's very underrated. I know he's like for Wu Tang, like the main star, but his bars are just—you got to examine those things. He's one. Him and Ghostface are the the few of them that are still making good music all this time later. Yeah, like they all make good music, but like like him and Ghost are like like I said, the stars. You know, they're like the you know the Braun Anthony Davis. You know, (laughs) they're the Justin Timberlakes of the group. Yes. But they all they all have heavy bars like we always talk about like inspect the deck like low key like woo with some wild bars, and like you got you got is just raspy and just raw you know so we always talk about stuff like that but like, um yeah they sound great on that boom bat it's awesome. All right, we'll check out uh, that whole album by Static Selector, all kinds of guests and stuff on that. Yeah, Nas is on there, Benny the Butcher. Um, oh, uh, Marlon Kraft is on there as well. So, and, uh, we all, we're a big fans of Marlon up in, up here at up in the mix. So yeah, we brought him to you first. You're welcome. Long Ex- time ago, long time. <laughs> yeah. Very long. And, but yeah, super good. Um, political East coast, grimy. Love it. Well, uh, next up Caesar, it's your favorite time of the show. World news. <laughs> World Break, news. Breaking news. Breaking world news. And uh, we'll start off this week in world news with another COVID update. This time, Trump spreading more lies, but he came after our fucking city this week when he retweeted a picture of a renowned doctor had posted last month uh, of uh, the, the parking structure overflow and called it a hoax. And this guy who was just trying to shout out his coworkers for all their hard work became, you know, embroiled in this political shitstorm caused by fucking Captain Little Hands and his uh, his baby tantrum, ongoing baby tantrum after losing the election. Yeah, because it was like a it was like a photo of like them setting it up, right, and saying like, yeah, the photo was taken like a month ago, like a long time ago. Yeah. But he just, you know, wanted to give a shout out to the nurses. Obviously, there's people there, like there's people, you know, dying there and stuff. And uh, yeah, Trump. And then it was retweeted by some fucking right wing conspiracy group in Vegas and somehow got to fucking Trump. And, And this guy, poor guy who just was trying to, like, you know, give some props and support his, uh, you know, fellow coworkers gets in the middle of this, uh, huge thing and, uh, yeah, fuck you if you believe that's true from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, it was just used as propaganda, you know? And just like, 
And that's the thing with propaganda. You could use certain things, but with not knowing the context. And this is what happens. So you know, people just jump on it. Like they're so desperate for anything that fulfills their, uh, you know, Agenda. narrative in life. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just grab onto it. I'm telling you, Caesar, we, we, we could, we probably, we could keep this podcast and then just make a separate one where we pretend to be right wingers and become rich and famous. Oh, people would use the shit out of you guys. The Proud Boys would eat that up. <laughs> We'd be their token coloreds. Yeah. Actually, the chairman of the Proud Boys is Afro Latina. Oh dang, we probably cut um, pointing. <laughs> yeah. So Samantha Kuttner is the one to ask about all of that. You mm. guys should have her on. Have okay. a special Proud Boys episode. <laughs> I don't want to give them any more shine. I'm so fucking sick and tired yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Their little dick energy all over the place is just. It's always so sad. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, they're just, you know, it's not their fault. They're victims of toxic masculinity and racism and the, uh, like, the propaganda that's been sold to people like them for so long. But you just look at them and you're like, you guys are the weakest fucking people. And you and you just can't accept it. Like, they just refuse to take else. Everyone mm. knows. I've known guys like that my entire fucking life. Definitely. That's yeah. the thing. They're that guy that just, so just, you know, like learning his place in life refuses to. And uh, yeah, because of taught. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, I feel no, sorry for all. Of, I feel sorry for any woman that's involved with them <laughs> in any way. Well, that's or the thing. They, there are no women who are. <laughs> that's right? how proud boys. Uh, no, I think it's um it's reflective like they, you know, that's their self their self-hatred. Like when we talk about a Candace Owens, like she doesn't have hot takes. She hates her blackness. It's different, you know. <laughs> it's like the the Chappelle show with the yeah. that um Yeah. Mhm. Uh, well, that guy didn't know he was black. She yeah, knows she's she knows. black. Mm-hmm. She, my the thing that I always will say to people that when they bring her up because a lot of people don't know is that she sued with the help of the NAACP and a racial discrimination yeah. thing and that's what gave her like they fucking helped her <laughs> yeah like she yeah it's it's sad but you know it's that, um, that, that colonization runs deep dude, it's super, I don't know if you guys deep. can see the sky right now but it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah, I can't. I see can it. actually. I'm in my basement, but I have a, a window, and I'm like, I was yeah, just I'm gonna, looking. I'm like, gonna turn my thing around. See if you can. Oh, yeah. nice. Super orange. Yeah. Sorry, Which, it was. A I feel like people on the West Coast we get spoiled by this because my parents lived in New York for 12 years, and like they don't have sunsets like this because they don't have mountains and and elevation and and stuff like. Like yeah. we do, their sunsets are not as, as gorgeous. No, for yeah. me, for me, like traveling all over, Reno, we have the best skies here in Northern Nevada. The, the, yeah. the skies are just so beautiful all the time. Uh, the next comparison I'd give it to is like Texas, like Texas, because the open. Yeah, basically, pretty much like the southwestern U.S. Like mm-hmm. from like Hawaii. We, we have- Gorgeous guys, Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, everything. It's Hawaii. Everything. Yeah, it's it's beautiful out there. But yeah, but like I just yeah, love we digress. The, I love the skies out here. 
and then uh, the the next thing I want to talk about is how ex presidents they're willing to be videotaped and be put on TV taking the vaccine so people in America are comfortable to take it. It just blows my mind. Well, this actually isn't new. Like when the polio vaccine came out uh, way back in the day, they did the same thing. They had like prominent people take it to prove that it was safe because people back then vaccines were new. So they weren't trustworthy of them. Now people are just fucking stupid and don't trust them. Yeah, because I'm like, it's science. Like, you know, there's... It is, but like there are some times where perhaps like the Tuskegee Tuskegee syphilis... It's not not black people who aren't taking them. Yeah, don't don't be worried unless they want to give it to all the black women first. Yeah. Right. It's like Doc Rivers said, like the people who should be most trustful and hate this country the most are the people who love it the most. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, it's a great thing, though. I mean, it's something like this has to be done. I'm sure people still think it's fake or like won't care. But like the, the good thing about it spreading so rapidly is like between the dumb people getting it and spreading it and then like other people getting the vaccine. Like we should slow the spread of the virus with herd immunity quicker this way. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Like but the like people quicker, who are, like, we still mean a year. Because <laughs> America, I mean, America, you know, we got to play the cards we're dealt at this point. Well, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we're all we're trying. Stuck for eight months. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> the holes, the hole we dug is big. It's going to take a while to get out. We got to make the best of it. Yeah. yeah. No, because I talked to my homie Tom. And uh, my my boy Tom, he's Australian, and I talked to him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, we shut we shut our borders down, we held down for two months, and we're all good. Like our economy suffered, like we didn't get stimulus packages or anything like that, but stuff was shut down. But we held it down for eight months, and now we could do whatever we want, you know. Like he's like, I'm about to, you know, travel Australia and like." do whatever I want to do and not even worry about it. Yeah. I mean, once, once there was no national strategy, we were doomed. Like someone was, is like the perfect example. It's like, it's like peeing in one part of the pool and expecting the rest of the water to stay clean. Like, <laughs> like it, it, yeah, states shut anyways, but we've talked about that forever. I mean, whatever, like, just a colossal, is, colossal failure on every, in every sect of leadership. <laughs> yes, I've never yeah. seen so many fail sons and daughters <laughs> in the hands of my health. <laughs> so, so now everyone needs to run for office. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Like these people are fucking stupid, incompetent, incapable of leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have any ideas that are better than any of the ones that you've seen, run for office. You probably got a good yeah. chance. <laughs> and then the, the next thing we kind of talked about this, yeah. but the protests in India. Like I love seeing. You know, like it's it's sad that a country that kind of was once known for this no longer has it. it, it you know, like you saw the pro democracy things in China last year. And now you're seeing it in India with uh, these protests. It's great to see, though. It's great. To see. The spirit of, uh, of freedom is uh, alive in some places, at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, 225 million people 
in an uprising, if all of us did one now, if everybody did a general strike, that's the thing is like we do, like the people do tomorrow. have a button. It'd we be just over tomorrow. Push won't push it. Mm-hmm. We Everyone, want more punishment. General strike from now until January. Things yeah. So fast. Yeah, January 2nd, things would change real fast. Right. Who's going to pick Nancy Pelosi's strawberries if we're all on strike? <laughs> best, that's the best line I've ever heard is Dave Chappelle's like, I'm not trying to pick my own strawberries. Let them go the fucking country and pay them a good wage. Right. I want to make my smoothie. I want to make my smoothie on Sunday morning with my frozen strawberries in the middle of fucking December. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Earl's not going to be out there in the fucking fields picking my Karen's not going to be out there picking those strawberries. But they also get mad. They're they're take they're taking their jobs away. You know, I was like, you're not going to go do that. That's not your job. Yeah, you don't watch your own kids. You don't want to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah. You want (laughs) you want your teacher, aka babysitter, to watch your own kids so you could like like that. Just shows you how stupid these people are because they're calling at one. They're calling us lazy, but also like can't do our jobs. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. They have what to help their kids a little bit, and they're like, "This is too much. I can't right. do it." Fucking lazy teachers. We're like, "What? Like, we have thirty kids. You can't do it with two that are yours that <laughs> you can actually threaten and fucking physically harm when they don't listen to you." Our mayor was complaining about how stressful her job was in the last council meeting. I was like, "Oh, is it? Is it stressful to like have job security? Is it hard for you? It's hard." And uh, and just yeah. I, yeah. Oh, and I remember too the teacher thing. They were like blacking out their screens in the beginning of the summer. We were like, we want to be able to see you when we're talking to you. They're like, sorry, sometimes we have to go to the bathroom. You know, this meeting is three hours long. I'm like, teachers have to go to the bathroom for six hours and we don't get to leave the room. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I have no sympathy. None. No, yeah. Another, another local ineptitude news this space whale is still in limbo what's what's up with the space whale what's going down so i here's what i can tell you because i actually so a year ago the arts and culture commission recommended that we not continue with the space whale and just let the guy fucking take it down not buy it from him or anything and then the mayor like wanted to save it so they tried working on something and then covid hit like it's been uninsured since last August. Uh, he wanted like so much money to, to buy it. And like, everyone's like, we're not gonna pay that. It's like in disrepair, it needs to be fixed. And it's just like, some people wanna like, want to keep it, but it's not really feasible to keep it. And my thing is, is like, it's a lovely piece of art, but like it hasn't been taken care of properly. The ship has sailed on like us keeping it long-term and we just need to move on and find something else. But yeah, it's uh, like it, the RSVCA was gonna try and vote to, to buy it. And then they, it, that was like, there was a controversy about that. No one really knows what happened, whether they really intended, but it was dropped from the agenda at the last minute and a bunch of finger pointing went on. Meanwhile, it still stands there falling apart in downtown Reno, uh, <coughs> not owned by the city. The lease has been up for a long time. It's uninsured. The artist needs money. I don't know why he just doesn't take it down. He's been trying to sell it. Like I don't know at this point who's really like. 
I, yeah, it, it, to me, it's like fucking take it down, bro. Like it's you're not we're not gonna buy it from you. Like it hasn't been properly maintained, and the, it's run its course. So that's just my that's just one man's opinion. My opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's it's downtown at the plaza, aka the old skating rink, and yeah, like there's people all over. There are people always climbing it. Like every time I'm driving by or riding my bike through, there's people climbing it and things like that. Like, we just need something new. We saw it. Yeah, and we, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's plenty of other art. It's a beautiful piece, mm-hmm. but you know, like in life. When you don't do something correct from the beginning, you know, like you don't get the outcome you want. And sometimes you just got to cut your losses and move on. Even though you like, even though you want to do something, you can't. And I think that's where we're at. And people just need to accept that and just move on. I'm fucking tired of talking about it. Like as someone kind of involved in it tangentially, (laughs) I'm like tired of talking about it, wasting time and like meetings, listening to it and hearing about it when I'm like, you know what, whatever, like, I understand there's lots of people who feel very strongly about this, but the fact of the matter is the ship has sailed. Like it's been too long. Like, you know, it, it needs to, it needs so much money to be repaired and restored that it's not worth it at this point. What Unless, is, what is you know, it I, of course, the amount of money we're talking about, someone rich could easily swoop in and cover and we wouldn't have to have this conversation, <laughs> but like that hasn't happened. So, you know, I, I'm, yeah. What what does he want? Like half a million dollars or something like that? Yeah, it was something yeah, like five hundred thousand dollars or Damn. something, and then he had it for sale online for like a million dollars. And like, I don't know. Like, I haven't dealt with him directly, so I don't know how, you know, like, I, I realistic think, his demands are or anything. But yeah. like, he's not going to pay five hundred thousand dollars for that piece of art. Like, mm-hmm. we never like, we never were. No city like. I, like we're not big enough and have that much money. That's more than our entire budget, like for the arts and culture. Anyway, yeah. So that, that's way more than that little two percent of the pie. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyways, there's this is Reno's been doing great job. But, <laughs> it's so nice we have a real paper. Right? Because RGJ stopped being worthwhile in like 2004. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, my song of the week this week. It's sung by our guest. It's a cover of a Nina Simone song. It's called Four Women Say Their Name by Lily Baran and the Reno uh, Jazz Syndicate. Is that correct? No. Um, so that is, <laughs> it's Angelo Monroy, uh, Redfield Clipper, and Greg Lewis and I. And we just made that group called uh, Say Their Names ah. for this project. Salutes to Greg. I've actually worked on, I just worked on a project with him and some poetry I did for one of his classes. Uh, Nice. Yeah, so listen and enjoy. Salute. And if I discover that those songs dark sang, were not just the innocent expressions of a primitive people, but extremely subtle and difficult, dangerous and tragic expressions of what it felt like to be in chains.
My voice is strong In this country I do not belong I said at first they use a noose Now all they do is shoot What do they call me? My name is Sandra My name is Sandra
upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power. Welcome back. That was Sean's Song of the Week, and it was for women by Say Their Name. Lily, uh, like I said, see, you sound so much like Nina Simone, um, and it's just such a powerful song. And, uh, you know, salutes to, like, salutes to you guys for, for putting that together during these times. Thank you. Um, yeah, I had like, I don't know, there's not like a delicate way to put it, but I had a weirdly like, I was artistically like constipated during this whole time. <laughs> and like watching everyone else just like go just it was like week one of pandemic people are like I've recorded a new LP. I'm like, how are you? Like, <laughs> like I was inspired, but I was doing I mean, there were so many um, actions happening, you know, politically and like activism wise that like I felt just not inspired artistically you know what I mean like I didn't feel like processing there was time for that. Mm -hmm. you're just still processing like I feel the same way like I haven't written in since I mean in this year pretty much and it's yeah it's, you know you're still processing everything that's going on there's no shame in that yeah, and it's, you know, it just was, it was funny because I was just like, man, when am I going to get like super inspired and do something? How come everybody else already finished like a whole fucking album in a living room concert series yeah. or something? <laughs> but Sean and, I, Sean and I always talk about a lot of great music comes out when there's like a lot of struggle. So like mm -hmm. maybe you, maybe, you know, January, February is just going to all like come come out as one and it's going to get written it's yeah. going to be you know it's going to be good this definitely felt like the tap got turned on like it was it was really easy to write i mean it was emotionally hard to write like i did the first the first section the Sandra Bland one um so like i just took facts from their stories and their cases and wanted to like read their stories um and a couple of articles I walked, tried to find some videos of the people and then just kind of like get into like who that person is and then write the lyrics from there. But like I did the Sandra Bland one and then I couldn't do, I couldn't write it anymore versus for like two weeks. Cause it was like, it fucking destroyed me. Like I was so, I just like, it was so dark, you know, um, reading about her, her story specifically because it was just, it's one of those like could have totally happened to me situations where I'm like, that could happen to me now. That could happen tomorrow. Like, this is just like, the, this is just a woman who couldn't pay a parking ticket essentially. And then, you know, right. Things added up. Um, and I didn't know she was, she was an activist too. And that we're, um, at first they use a noose. Now all they do is shoot. She made that up. And she used that um, when she was protesting. I was like one of the her more profound things that she used. So, but then, then the other three came out really quickly and all together, like in one sitting. After that period, like I was able to write the other three um, in one one sitting. But you know, definitely had to process that 
in the beginning. And then I have like all of these, you know, like maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should just sing the original lyrics. Like maybe this is weird. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you have all those, those doubts yeah. that I'm really happy that, um, that we decided to go with it the way we did. And um, Angelo and Nick and Greg are my boys and they're just so supportive and amazing to work with. And they they won't like boss me around you know they're like nope just do it you know it's your song it's your i'm like no tell me it sucks <laughs> you know just follow your heart yeah yeah so that thought well, was it was know, really that's, nice. the, that's, the, that's the good thing about working with jazz musicians they're used to just going with the flow and and, and improvising mm-hmm. yeah and we hadn't gotten together at all like we haven't played together this whole time and we would have played all the time and like they are some of the more conservative Corona friends that I have, like the safer on the safer side. Mm-hmm. When we were making the band name, we were like, we could call it like the responsibility crew. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who haven't been coming out. <laughs> but it, like it was well, yes. a good song. Great song. Thank you. Yeah, very moving. Salutes to uh, you, Thank uh, Greg. Nick and uh, what's the, the third? I don't know the third guy. Angelo. Angelo. Yeah, I've worked Angelo. with Greg and Nick before. I've never, I've never met Angelo, but he is so funny and so just like such a beautiful human. Um, and also, for the love of jazz, is the the series that put that on and had us and do it, invited us to come in the studio, and that was really nice, a nice thing that they're doing for us. Yeah, check them out on YouTube for the love of jazz, Reno. They're, they have their YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and for those of you we, who don't recognize, if you recognize that bass line, you probably heard it on uh, Jay-Z's song off the album 444. Uh, what's the name of that song? Um, I don't know, but he yeah, he samples the the this bass line and then like the, just the, like, the, my skin is black. Yeah, the, her, her voice. Um, mm-hmm. Damn it. It is, uh, yeah, it's like. Dun, Starts dun, off rich, nigga, house nigga, field nigga. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah, he has that yeah. uh, that line about money. <laughs> you, you're on the gram, money into the up at your ear. Where mm-hmm. I'm from, we don't call that money over here. Yeah. Uh, Tag Jay Z in my YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> the the OJ story. Is it that one? Yeah, OJ story. That yeah. yeah. That, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love, I love, I mean, I'm a huge Nina Simone fan and uh, yeah, that was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw that. I saw Tristan Seltzer sh- shared it. I saw it on his page. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah. But uh, check, We did one more that should be out in a couple weeks. Um, I did. I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. I've been on a Nina kick because Nina's <laughs> just such a, she was such a righteous uh, woman and I need to <laughs> channel the most powerful of the dark artists <laughs> I mean, her, you guys should if you're not familiar go google nina simone read her story just a crazy crazy life crazy things she overcame and uh her art is just like her it's fucking I, her she's in the regular rotation on some of my chilling mixes just because mm-hmm. uh you know I, I, her voice is so powerful it's everything and she's she's has some funny interviews too like there's a story where she stuck a gun to like put a gun to a promoter's head yeah, and he was yeah. there. Like she does not fuck around 
As I said, she was a, a, an extraordinary woman, and uh, <laughs> she was given no fucks in the, in like 1964 with yeah. So I feel like I, I have to follow suit. You got to step up your game. Was the original yeah. "fuck you, pay me" person? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, next up we have the meandering questions. Uh, right. These are questions we ask all of our guests. Some of them more specific than others. But uh, Caesar, why don't you lead it off? What is the most overrated restaurant in Reno? Um, Roberto's. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm shocked that people think that place is anything but what it is. (laughs) Like, well, I used to live in Vegas, so I used to go to Roberto's all the time. They're all over the place, and I used to only. I used to only get their uh, breakfast burrito. I haven't even been. Uh, well, I have, and because there's a, a Roberto's by where I work, so I used, I I still only get the breakfast burrito. Like, I don't know. I I'm brown. I get good food at my house. Yeah, I don't like. I have never gone to Roberto's. Uh, any like other than like late night food and like hoping for something yeah. extravagant. You know, like yeah, no. I'm not saying I don't eat it. Yeah. It has its time and place. Exactly. Yeah, like, but so does Gym Boys. Like, there's something about that. The Gym Boys. Gym Boys. I'm sitting at home on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. like, wondering what we were going to go get for dinner. I'm not thinking yeah. to go to Roberta. Yeah. Gym Boys, <laughs> yeah. best worst tacos. Best yeah. worst tacos. Right? Right? Yes. The best worst. Yes. Who puts parm on a fucking taco? Jim right. Boys. Jim Boys. And they have burgers. Taco right burgers. Now, Those are, they're delicious. Yeah. The fries are fantastic at Jim Boys, actually. Yeah. Bean and cheese burritos. Mm-hmm. Just the way they, like, that amount of grease. Like, how did they do it? Yeah. It's for, in the tacos, too. There's so much grease and it's so good. But yeah. Best. Yeah, Jim- I feel like, it's like, like my dad made tacos. That's how he would make them. Or something, like. <laughs> Sprinkle a little parm in there. Yeah, but uh, what's what's the best restaurant in Reno? Okay, so can it be a tie? Sure, it can be whatever. Okay, I got well. Actually, the one that I eat the most at that's the most consistent. That is just I've actually already thought about it today three times. <laughs> um, Kwok. Oh yeah. K-Wok. Oh yeah. yeah. That that is that a show I- favorite. We talked about someone else said that recently. Michael like said, Moberly said Michael, it last week. Yeah, last oh, yeah. Week, yeah. <laughs> I, I also like uh, cowboy or cowboy cowboy. cowboy. Yeah, Woo! the ramen is the ramen is good. The ramen is good. The appetizers weren't as good, but like the ramen is good at cowboy. Really? Maybe you didn't get the right thing. Yeah, I probably didn't. But like, <laughs> but the ramen is good. The appetizers are like uh, whatever. But the ramen is like good at squid. cowboy. Mm-hmm. That ten, they have the ten layer pork. You mm-hmm. didn't like that shit. Uh, we had like some basic things, I think, because we were we were mainly there. The lady and I were mainly there for the ramen. So yeah. So we didn't want to get anything too crazy before because we want to just indulge in that in the ramen game. So yeah, you have a choice when you go there. You can either go ramen or you can get like five hundred tiny little things. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> but the ramen was fantastic at cowboy. Good. And the yeah, art, and, the bill. yeah, Bill, because because of Bill, I went. Mm-hmm. 
and the art on the wall is fantastic and i just love the mm-hmm. setup like it's good oh no i want that mm-hmm. that place is like one of those places where if i you know if i could i would eat there a lot more Kowalk, I somehow always am able to convince myself that I'm Kim Kardashian when I want Kowalk. <laughs> not that expensive. Not that, but that duck. Yeah, you know, I'm a fan of that, that duck. duck that duck fried rice. I'm a big fan of their duck fried rice. At, the at crab K-Walk. fried rice. Mm-hmm. And then when they go in there, like duck fried rice, secret menu, and they look at me all side out. Of course, I know the secret menu. Of course. <laughs> Kind love of question. I love too that it used to be that China diner, which was yeah. the worst Chinese. <laughs> yeah. In Reno for so long. Yeah. But in a good way, like like we don't have like New York, like we don't have Brooklyn Chinese food here, which I do miss, like mm-hmm. where there's like a bulletproof glass <laughs> to order it. Like that's how you know you're getting good Chinese food in New York. <laughs> <laughs> like good bad Chinese food yeah. in here. Yeah, like like in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I, I really wish uh, Reno had bagels like New York, though. That's just the thing. No and place bodegas. Has we can't get one bodega. Not yeah. one. There's There was a huge thing about bodegas on the internet this week um, that I saw amongst a bunch of celebrities and stuff. And I, because apparently all these people didn't know what bodegas were. And then well, like the people on the East Coast were like, wrong. Well, then people in New York were like, they don't have, but some people were like, they don't have bodegas everywhere. Where do you, like, someone was like, where do you get these three things? I'm like, a 7 Eleven. That's yeah. what we have. <laughs> like, but we <laughs> don't have, and they didn't say the right three things. They were like, oh, where do you get like Starburst and a pack of cigarettes and bleach? You're like, dude, every convenience <laughs> yeah, store. Yeah. But bodegas. You get a, have a sandwich. You could get, yes. a, you could get a sandwich. Toil- a horse head sandwich. Yes. A toilet paper. A and, bacon egg and cheese? Yes. Like, that's the thing. We have conveniences. And a Lucy. And a Lucy. And a Lucy. All for like $16. Yeah. You know, and and that's the thing. Like, and if you don't know what those things are, you don't, you don't know what bodegas are. Yeah. The things we all, all the things we just described, if you don't know what they are. And I, I thought I thought Jesus and Mero like exaggerated about the the bacon and cheese egg and cheese thing. No, until like, like no. I like I was there with last last year visiting my parents and I like that all the places like have that on the menu. Like every corner deli has mm. like and it's cheap and it's That's so the cheap. I really like it's so. I couldn't cheap. believe the prices yeah. for what, what you got. And, and it was such good food. And any yeah. any time of the day or fucking night. Like it doesn't fucking matter. I remember I went. We, me, me and Salty Brad kept going back to this bodega every time we went to New York because of the first time we went, he knew we were visiting and we forgot our wallets because we were still drunk and we forgot them at the house, right? And the guy's like, "Don't worry about it. Just pay me tomorrow." For some strangers that they they knew we were from out of town. Does he? No, no one would ever smite a bodega owner. Yeah. And then, so like next thing we we actually bought three like the next day. And then we went into the city. My, like, my question for all these people who don't know who what bodegas are: obviously, you've never seen half baked. What kind of life are you living? Because right. I learned what the bodega or traveled, was, or I fucking like travel. I've never been to right. <laughs> like, and Even I before I'd been to New York, I knew what a bodega was yeah. though because of half. But like, hey, uh, with me, bodega. Like, yeah. <laughs> down for you that's like 1997 
I'm trying to convince my liquor store dude actually to do it because he we're friendly because maybe I drink sometimes. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so every day when I see him, I mean, an un- undisclosed amount of times a week that I see this guy. Um, he's always like changing his shop around or whatever. And then he's like, oh, I'm thinking about doing chopped cheese in here. Thinking about turning it into a bodega. And I'm like, Where's this place located? Because right. he's about to get my Dude, business. Dude, he's about to get my yeah, business go too. Go tell him that it's- that's what you want. Because he's like really yeah. thinking about it. It's he's- also a smoke shop. And they have like beautiful t- water pipes. Um, <laughs> great For great prices. And it always smells like dank, but I haven't- Where's this place at? Okay, so it's on Valley, right next to my favorite uh, taco place, Miranchito. Okay. Oh, okay. So on Valley, right across from Coral Academy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But like, yeah, like he has to make a good chopped cheese and a good- and, And a good breakfast bagel. Like yeah, fuck calling the county commissioner. Go to the market. <laughs> go right. to Starmart and yeah. tell them we need chopped cheese. <laughs> uh, I would be there all the time because like the the bodega is just a, like I wish we had it like in Mexico. So in Mexico, there's like little bodegas everywhere, you know. But like in New York, like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what bodega you go to in what borough, they're gonna have your chopped cheese. They're gonna have your breakfast bagel. And a cat and a cat. There's always a cat. And there's always <laughs> and every time there's like rough riders in the street in New York, they're always on their quads like and then you think you're going to get robbed. But nah, they're just in there for Lucy's and also a chopped cheese. Yeah, I feel much safer in New York City than I ever do in Reno. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Like, no, no, without a doubt. I, like it. just, I mean, just the fact that there's more people who look like you always makes me feel. <laughs> yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> Well, it's so weird. Like, there's there's so much. For the guy people get nervous. I'm like, no, it's okay. They're gonna go after you, not me. Yeah. Or like when you're in LA, you're like, wow, I don't really feel like that petrified. I'm not driving like yeah. tense because I know there are other black people in cars here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but no. I feel like in those situations, I'm always with white people who are more nervous. And I'm always more relaxed. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, like I remember being somewhere. And like we're drunk, like looking for directions. I went up and asked like these guys on the corner for directions. And like one of my friends, like, I can't believe you went up to all those black guys and asked them for yeah. directions. I was like, why? I'm fucking black, dumbass. Like, I'm a black I'm guy. I'm not racist. I'm not scared of that. <laughs> no, I always tell people I feel I'm... more comfortable doing that than normal. Yes. Yes. I always tell people I feel more comfortable in the hood or the ghetto than the fucking suburbs. And the suburbs is when I lock my door. You know. That's a bad neighborhood. <laughs> yes, I get I get scared. You know. Double diamond, bad neighborhood. <laughs> Those people are sociopaths. And they all have guns. And they all have guns. And they all have guns. No. And they anyway. keep they do have all the murders and shit. Monroe had like yeah. two breaking murders. <laughs> That's what like, I'm saying. There's not, there's not, there's not uh, serial killers in fucking Compton. No. Or a huge that huge sex trafficking bust in South Meadows. Like yeah. we see <laughs> shady ass people in rich ass places. You know, like fuck. That's the uh. thing is that like crime, crime is only crime depending on your class, right? <laughs> There you go. Because yeah. <laughs> apparently sex trafficking isn't a crime, apparently, out there in the People burbs. don't do more drugs in the hood. <laughs> they just get caught more. Yes. 
that that's true that's true because a friend yeah. of mine told me Colin ranch in the middle of the afternoon after all the housewives have had their chardonnay is probably the most dangerous part of town <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> the high school in reno mm -hmm. we knew which schools where people partied and were out of control and it wasn't it wasn't it was yeah yeah, I'm not, I just, when, you know, if you went to high school in Reno, you fucking know what I'm talking mm, about. No, I was sent to like, I mean, when I went to school in New York, it was like because I was acting up in Incline and there are fucking drugs everywhere. And then I went to New York and those kids are like focused and competitive and professionals and fucking <laughs> like the best at their shit. And when I came back one summer to Incline, everyone's like, oh, like, did you party? I'm like, not one time. Like, <laughs> oh. No, there's no partying. Everyone is doing their thing that they're supposed to do. They're very productive. They're trying to be, they're trying to be responsible like, individuals. Think, yeah. yeah. I think people from like other places were like weird in college where I'm like, you guys didn't like weren't crazy in high school like everyone I grew up with. Like, like, no, I didn't really even drink till I like was like 22. And I'm like, damn, no wonder you're so right. fucking smart. <laughs> Like nobody should like graduate high school and have tried like all of the hallucinogens. <laughs> like, that's not. That's not responsible like for the, sure. Yeah, like the the what what passes for like a normal high school experience with most of my friends is like the fucking extreme in like normal places. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyways, we're 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 diverging. Moral of the story: bit. You need a bodega. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So, what are three essentials you leave the house with other than your phone? <clears throat> I mean, boring because non-corona things like. Yeah. Just yeah, on a regular pre-corona, like whatever. Yeah. Um, water or a drink of some kind. I need a drink, usually cold coffee from the day before. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this is the morning. Uh, chapstick. And uh, my Venmo card. I'm a like I'm a pretty anti-bank person, <laughs> and so I'm trying to survive on only Venmo. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. No, it's just as bad, but it yeah. feels better. <laughs> it's all the same thing. They're, like no matter what, everything anything is owned by a bank nowadays. Well, the credit union got to go with the credit union. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I have my my credit union. But, but yeah. Venmo is so instant. <laughs> it is. Next one, uh, best album you heard in the last 10 years? <sighs> or like, or just like best albums in general that you've been, because uh, like last 10 years, it, it is a hard question, but. So some of them that like always on repeat, I'm a big uh, Hiatus Coyote fan. I really like Napalm's um, Needle Palm that came out. I've listened to that, to that a bajillion times. Um, I never go a year without listening to Beats, Rhymes, and Life, um, mm, Tribe. Great album. Um, one of the greatest of all time, for sure. Um, also, Ella Fitzgerald sings the Duke Ellington songbook, one of my favorites. And Gosh, it's so hard. There's so many. Um, another one, maybe, I think this might have been just about 10 years ago or eight years ago that I really liked that I feel like was kind of um, 
not dove into enough was um, Erica Badu re released that <clears throat> New America part one and part two. Though that album was great. I mean, so many. No, there's so many good ones that, especially because Sean and I always talk about like people still live in that golden era age where just like nothing else comes, you know. D'Angelo, I mean, yeah. I I loved D'Angelo last night, like mm -hmm. for like like D'Angelo channel, like so all. <laughs> <laughs> you were in a mood for sure. Yeah, definitely in a mood. Uh -huh. um, I love rap. I love uh, Rhapsody's new album was yeah. great this. She's always fantastic. Rhapsody just so like great. she pumps me up all the time. Like it just it no just, name actually no, no name was heavy rotation this year as well. Nice, yeah. Telephony was good, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. So many. I mean, I'm I um a new one that I listened to a lot recently is Choker. Um, really like Choker. Choker, and I haven't like really heard him anywhere else. Like, um, Choker and Moses Sumney, I like stumbled upon at the same time. Moses Sumney has like 25 albums, <laughs> and they're all different and they're all great. Nice. Um, so he's a really great, um, great black artist. And Choker, yeah, I really like he's like, um, like Frank Ocean's my favorite, mm. and then it, then Choker is a similar. Okay, okay. So definitely, yeah, the definitely. Same I, like vein. Too. Mm -hmm. I think he's the goat. I think that Jacob Collier shouldn't exist in the same world that Frank Ocean exists in. <laughs> and a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. And up in the mix, you always follow your heart all the time. Yes. So. <laughs> That's, a, That's our motto. Yes. So fuck everyone else. Follow your heart, you know? Yes. Do your thing. Unless you're, uh, a bad human being and it, yeah. it takes a lot to be a bad human being apparently it takes a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> cash does change people all right <laughs> next question how do you wash do you use a rag a loofah brush or just a bar of soap and do you use soap or body wash oh okay so i use a loofah and like a puff not like the sponge, like a synthetic loofah. And then, um, yeah, I love fucking Dr. Bronner's coupled with the lavender salt scrub from Trader Joe's. Nice. nice. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get people to up their self-care games. So we've been asking this question to everyone, Dude. especially the guys, because <laughs> some of their answers have been terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, do people just wash with soap? Yes, yeah. a lot of them. Just a bar of soap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little sad. Which, like, like, I learned that from white people. Like, yeah. <laughs> I had a, it wasn't until I was in college and had a roommate that I, that, like, that I learned. That was the thing. You're like, what do you wash with? Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah, I think when I was younger, you know, I was like, rag, like, raised to use rag. Yeah. Like I, my whole life, I always use rags until I was like, "Oh, there's loofahs and other things." Yeah. yeah. I was like, "How do you not have a fucking rag to wash with?" Ugh. It's just so nice when your skin feels nice. Mm -hmm. You know. That's why I really recommend following up with a with a scrub because, especially in this climate, exfoliation. That was the other thing moisturized, we talked about. Moisturizing, yeah. Like <laughs> because Caesar and I both have like I have. 
lotion plus foot lotion plus hand lotion like oils and people don't even people don't even have lotion like yeah i yeah. remember like i was an adult before i knew that like people just went all the time with never losing using lotion my son is a victim of the white part of his family <laughs> because he does not moisturize like he should like i can tell when he's at his dad's like that motherfucker does not use lotion this boy his elbows are so ashy that i'm like you're 11 at this rate i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> Your yeah i'm like that's like the number one thing like he comes out of the shower and i'm like lotion <laughs> did it put the lotion on <laughs> like and then i'm like oh crap i'm like well go back in there i'm yeah. not raising a child who doesn't have face wash yeah. put lotion on their body because like i can remember my mom yelling at us like being like five years old like go put some lotion on yeah, yeah. you need to put any lotion on like, scrub your neck you know, that like, was when you before we lived, that was when we lived in the Bay Area. But doesn't have hard ass water that dries you out. Like, yeah, there you would ashy if you took a shower. You'd come out all like that's the best part. Uh, that's the best part about the Bay Area is like you take a shower and you're not ashy afterwards. Mm -hmm. right. right, the humidity. I can't go outside not if hard I took water. a shower here with no lotion. I couldn't show my skin <laughs> like <laughs> absolutely not um so yeah same same line what like personal care products do you use mm, um i'm a big like skincare person i try not to my my skincare secrets are the following okay I'm 33. Look at my forehead, first of all. <laughs> Obviously, has a good skincare routine. Yes, 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 yes. Not a singular wrinkle. Uh, <laughs> I do not wear makeup unless I am like go have to, which is like maybe if it's a performance, maybe something very light. But I try to like keep anything that I wouldn't eat off of my skin and not out of my hair. Um, Silicone-free vegan products. You have to wash, wash face, exfoliate, microdermabrasion a couple of days a week. And then, oh, I use a different, like an oil at night, but uh, um, there's like Shea Moisture makes like an African black soap line and there's a moisturizer that goes with it. It's pretty affordable. It's great. It's like a mattifying mist. Mm. I'm about to start taking notes. <laughs> yeah, no, like I think- It's on wax, also, don't worry. Yeah, my my hair is a big one. It's I put a lot of energy and time into it when I have to wash my mop because I have a lot of hair. So that's always like the biggest chore, self care wise. Yeah, same probably for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, silicone free, organic, plant based products. Mm -hmm. And never, ever, ever do I go to sleep with makeup on. I don't care if I've been out all night. Like, I found myself still completely clothed, but I, like, washed my face somehow. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's the meandering questions. You made it through. Yeah. You're great. We did it. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, well, before we go, there's 
a local event, Holland's High Desert Arts and Craft show is still going on. Uh, we obviously last week with Michael, we talked about it. Um, make sure you check it out and support local artists. There's like 50 different people. Yeah, there's photography. Homeboy Jeff, Metal Jeff has some stuff. Um, Felicia from uh, Neon Babylon, like uh, Anthony's wife, has plant stuff on there. You could buy like planters and things. Like, there's there's just so many things. Just support local, and a lot of people have been buying like that's their Christmas gifts for people. So it's awesome. Yeah, while we've been sitting here, I actually got a message that there's been such that uh, there's been so many orders the first four days that they need uh, some of the board members to come in and help like uh, pick like put together the, the, the orders Yay. to be picked up tomorrow and Monday. So nice. I might awesome. be going over there one of these days to, to help. Yeah. Help out. Sean, I feel it's our fault. So, you know, what's up? Yeah. What Shout can. out to Holland. They're so, mm-hmm. so, so supportive. Thank you. Or Lily, Lily, do you have any uh, any upcoming events? Or you want to and remember to plug your show? Oh yeah, listen to our mass liberation show. We love to have you guys on too. Just start doing switch ups, little co- um, collabs down for day. Yeah, that's Saturdays at noon. And um, I guess the thing that I want to plug is school board meeting, two p.m. on the eighth, city council meeting, <laughs> ten a.m. on the ninth, county commission meeting. 10 a.m. on the 8th. Um, you can pre-write in, you can pre-call in, do both. They have to listen to it. That's yeah, good. I've been uh, pre-writing in because obviously these meetings are during when I'm working, but... Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. De- and decolonize that language when you talk to them. Make them talk to you like a normal person that took your money and used it for something you didn't want them to. For armored cars that we don't need. Right. I'm so pissed about that. Yeah, get mad. I'm always mad at the fucking government. You should be. You should be. That's yeah. why, like, Skynet's coming. It's going to be like uh, John, John Connor. And then the last thing this week is our fuckboy of the week. It goes <laughs> to the disgraced and former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani, who's just been taking L's left and right. Yeah. This week he farted in the middle of a hearing while like the like testifying and it was caught like everyone heard it. it was on the microphone like the girl sitting next to him reacted to him at the same at the same hearing he his star witness was this drunk only fans girl that like was arguing with the person trying to ask her mm-hmm. the questions to prove her point and he had to like step in and then like afterwards like distance himself saying like she was fucking wild messy as fuck <laughs> i think he needs uh, some a uh, little bit of that uh internet uh therapy talk <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's the borat thing there was the four seasons debacle yeah. like this guy that was cool. amazing <laughs> sometimes i feel like they have like they have uh, some like millennials on their staff that do clown them. Like sometimes <laughs> I feel like like Ben Shapiro's tweets. I'm like, now this must be a disgruntled staffer that's like, no, this is the right thing to say. Yeah, some of his tweets when the shit with his wife was going down, I'm like, 
who is tweet this guy is just walking right into fucking right hooks left and right <laughs> yeah no one owns ben shapiro no throwing the ben towel this fight's over he's defenseless <laughs> my wife and i know there's more to a healthy relationship than sexual pleasure <laughs> I feel uh, bad for his wife, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what can you do though? What before can we do? go, you have I mean, you any advice for anyone who wants to get more involved in their community? <laughs> What'd you say, Sean? Sorry. Um, Lily, do you have any advice for people who want to get more involved in the community? Yeah, start. Just start. Baby baby, baby, baby steps. Yeah, you know, I think like one of the biggest things is like you don't have to be a part of a big thing to be doing something. If there's something you want to do, just do a little thing. Like if you made like one day I made like too much soup and then I went and got containers and like gave them out. And a couple of people were like DMing me like, when do you do this? What organization is this through? I'm like, no, dude, like you can just make soup and give it to people. Like it doesn't have to be a nonprofit. Like you literally are allowed to just fucking help. Oh, actually there's a big one that I wanted to um, talk about. The good intent drive is being put on by the NNDSA and um, it's a drive for tents and warm clothing to give to um the rise shelter because they are overflowing that's if everybody doesn't know that's a family shelter meaning women and children um they have a huge waiting list and people coming in off the street every day that they cannot house so they're trying to at least send them with a tent and some other things so nndsa is trying to do that we have had very few people donate a tent or anything like that so if anybody can do that put together a little thing because all of the shelters are are full and it's freezing. Yeah. Thank you again for joining us, Lily. Taking Thank time. you. That was so fun. We had a blast. Me too. Make sure you check out her show Saturdays at noon on 97.7 K-Wink or kwinkradio.org. Uh, make sure you listen to Caesar and I every Friday night from 9 to 11 where we play nothing but the best in hip hop. Giving you what you need, not what you want. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so, you know, holiday season, back to community. Uh, help out as much as you can. Um, if anything, people really enjoy socks out there in the streets. Socks is a big thing. Um, if you can, donate that. Simple, easy. So, yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening. Another good one in the books. Uh, this is De La Photo. Stay warm, hydrated, and help out your local community. Yeah, enjoy cuffing season, which I saw on an ad for Chipotle. Those shameless bastards. What? Till next time. Chipotle's my shit. Till next time. <laughs> stay safe, stay warm, stay healthy. Peace. Well, there you have it, hip hoppers and mark ass busters, baby mamas and nine to fivers. This is enough fine ass edition of Up in the Mix with Captain Kulo, the truth, and the token white guy. I just want y'all to know, last time I got blowed, Snickers bars was a nickel. This is AKA Most Def, AKA El Negro, AKA Grumpy, AKA Jamal after 2.15 AM say peace and hair grease. Make sure you follow at www.upinthemix.live and Della Photorino. That's D-E-L-A-F-O-T-O-R-E-N-O. So until next time, stay black. Yeah.